We all need a shot of encouragement to keep us going. A new beginning with Greg Laurie is sure to help in your journey of faith. Hear it twice daily. Details at vision.org.au. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. With all the cultural upheaval in Australia, you may not be surprised by news that Christian schooling is growing rapidly in Australia. Christian schools are the fastest growing schools in the country. Christian and independent schools already make up around 40% of all schools. And over the past five years, the independent sector has seen an average enrolment growth around 2.3% per year. And it's even bigger in the member schools of Christian Schools Australia with 2.8% growth over the past five years. By contrast, over the same period, the government sector grew by 1.1% per year. I think we're going to be telling a good story today over this next hour, but Christian schools are not without threats. Mark Spencer is Christian Schools Australia Director of Public Policy. Mark, a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks for having me again, Neil. And a great song for the intro, Where I Belong, listening to Vision Radio with your kids in Christian schools. Yes. Perfect. You know, I was thinking, just as that song was coming to an end, uh, there's a thought that we live in two spheres. There's an earthly realm and there's a heavenly kingdom realm and uh, you know where we belong in this world but not of this world uh, where our king is God the almighty the creator of heaven and earth and uh, there's some all there's all sorts of good things you could talk about that philosophically and theologically but but as you say uh, yes where we belong Hey, did you hear much of our conversation a little earlier Greg Bonda was our guest and we were talking about uh, what is called teaching, not preaching, making our public schools secular and a new attack on Christian schools. Uh, you're familiar with the Eric Pearson study grant 2021. What do you make of teaching, not preaching, Mark? Well, it's just the, the latest in a long series, series of uh, documents funded by the New South Wales Teachers Federation and really on an ideological crusade. I mean, that, uh, that uh, Eric Pearson study grant uh, has been um, in place for a number of years now and it's continued to produce documents that, that have a very particular ideological bent, very much encompassing uh, what uh, you know, people like uh, uh, Reverend Michael Burden and others talk about as being hard secularism, um, not that sort of you know, general Australian... Uh, live and let live, I might not be religious, but you can, that's okay, but a, a really very dogmatic form of secularism that, that tries to wipe out um, any alternative to, to their particular beliefs. Um, hard hard the, secularism, and uh, this is a really good way of describing what happens when secularization becomes a weapon that is used against the Christian church, and the weapon is aimed at Christian schools. Uh, no doubt about that. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, the, the, this is nothing new for the New South Wales Teachers Federation. Um, you know, decades ago, they used to talk about the emerging Christian school sector as garage schools for the chronically religious was their, their way of writing us off. And look, I think we've, we've shown how, how wrong they are. 
the success of Christian schools has shown that you know there are many people looking for that uh, you know, faith-based education, values-based education. Now, that's, of course, not to say that other schools don't have values. All schools have values. All schools teach values. It's just a question of which ones you want to be taught to your children. I love that saying. I think you could just about wear that as a badge of honour. Garage schools for the chronically religious. Well, <laughs> I think that's actually got an amusing factor to it, and uh, perhaps it can backfire on those who might have coined that expression, because, uh, interestingly, when you've got this sort of attack that comes against Christian schools, Mark, uh, you know that Christian schools are doing good things because there are those who are trying to bring them down. I mentioned in the introduction that Christian and independent schools already make up around 40% of all schools. This is one of the good stories we have to tell in the whole history of Australia, isn't it? Christian schooling is just wonderful. It is, and it's uh, yeah, one of the challenges, uh, particularly of, of those who, who seek to oppose uh, faith-based education, uh, Christian schools and, and other faith-based schools, is that they, they take a very ahistorical view of the world. They forget our history. They forget that education in Australia was founded. Uh, the first school was a Christian school founded by Reverend Johnson, an Anglican um, pastor <coughs> in the early days of the colony. And throughout our history as a nation, the Catholic Church has been heavily involved in, um, in providing education at a huge cost to, to, to Catholics up and down the country. Um, you know, people talk about the the number of, of buildings and the, the amount of land that the, the Catholic Church might own. What's well, been purchased by you know, the contributions of, of their parishioners over the years? That did suddenly fall from from heaven, like you know, as, as manna from from the sky. It, it's hard work, blood, sweat, and tears has gone into building every one of those, those Catholic schools and every one of our schools around the country. Now, Mark, because there is an identifiable attack that comes against Christian schools, some might be thinking, well, uh, aren't we just turning the other cheek and rolling over and letting those things happen? But uh, my suspicion is that there's been battles that have been going on for the last 250 years around Christian schools. And the fact that Christian schools are so well established in the nation is because there have been people with backbone who've stood up to defend Christian schools. Any thoughts here about the perception that people have about whether this is worth defending? Yeah, absolutely, and there's been a long history of people very committed to uh, to Christian education. If you go back to the the 1960s, uh, the famous uh, Goulburn uh, school strike, where the the uh, Catholic schools in Goulburn were were so run down that they were you know, they were struggling to actually keep the schools operating, and the facilities were quite run down, and they threatened to um, shut down the schools and turn up the next day at the local government schools. And, of course, the government schools couldn't cope with that, and uh, the government stepped in to provide some uh, very essential uh, maintenance and, and funding for those those Catholic schools. That was the beginning of you know, the, the current era of student-focused, needs-based, means-tested funding across all, all students. And even in the history of, of our Christian schools, our types of Christian schools, many of our schools started by... Uh, mums and dads coming together or you know, people in churches coming together and uh, putting up their own houses as guaranteed to buy a block of land for the school to start on. Uh, you know, when you hear the stories of sacrifice over over generations to, to get to where we are now um, and that continues, 
um, you know, there are many people spending a lot of time defending you know, what they believe to be very important, very important for their, for their children to be educated in a Christian school or a faith-based school. You know, when you mentioned that Goulburn school strike, and I think you said 1960s, I think we're talking 1860s. Uh, that was uh, the formation of uh, this sort of separation of state schools and Christian schools. And uh, for listeners who want to be really inspired, uh, that is just a fabulous story of Australia's history to check out. You might be able to Google that, that Goulburn school strike. And uh, just wonderful for you to draw attention to that because, yes, there was was a beginning of what we understand Christian schools right back to the early days of the colony under Richard Johnson. But then you've got this sort of separation into state schools and Christian schools. And just before we move on to this, and I'll just you know dig a little deeper and check your history here, Mark. But when state schools were formed, funded by the states back in that time in the 1860s, that wasn't secular schools versus Christian education, that was state schools that had a wonderful Christian foundation. So when we're talking about all schooling in Australia, it ought to have a real flavour of Christianity. Yeah, so in the 1960s, the, the Goldman School Strike for the current generation of funding, but um, back in the 1870s, uh, the, the Public Education Acts around the different colonies, as, as they were then, um, that. You know, the government stepped in and said there was there was a mass of church-based schooling at that time. It wasn't in any way universal. Uh, the government stepped in. They saw the benefits that were coming from these church-based schools, and you know, they, were, they made arrangements in many cases to take over some of those to operate them as government schools. But they were you know, this notion of free, compulsory, and secular education. The secular is used in properly and very clearly indicated through, um, through history. And again, Michael Bird's um, book talks about this, but many other scholars have talked about this. Secular in, in, in that uh, terminology and that intention was in the form of non-sectarian rather than this hard secularism that the, the Teachers' Federation report uh, uh, funded report seems to be uh, proposing. So the hard secularism seems to want to exclude religion from the public square. Um, secularism in that free, compulsory and secular nature was to provide an equal space for all religions uh, within that public square. Very different view of the world. And that uh, you know, our view of the world much more consistent with our you know, general laissez-faire Australian fair go notion. What a wonderful way to describe what state schools should look like. Uh, Non-sectarian, uh, and that means everybody having this equal opportunity to hold to their faith. And whether it was Catholic or Anglican or Presbyterian, uh, those sort of early uh, faiths, that uh, Christian faith uh, sectors that were all a part of Australian society, Hard secularism, now let me just throw you into the deep end here, but when we talk hard secularism, Mark, what we're talking about is a Marxist-style way of keeping God out of a system or pushing God out of a system. So when we're talking about this hard secularism that's now upon our state school system, uh, this has got a Marxist foundation. Yeah, absolutely, and there's a a lot of... uh and terms like cultural Marxism and, and uh, various other sociological, philosophical terms you can use around this. And uh, 
Uh, again, if you, any of your listeners want to do some extra reading in this area, there's a great book by, by Carl Truman, a, a US um, professor of history who called Strange New World. He'll give you the, the historical, sociological, philosophical background to, to where we've got, uh, how we've come to the current cultural moment we're in. But that hard secularism does. It, it seeks to completely drive any alternate ideologies out of um, the public square. It confines uh, religion to private worship, possibly allowing you to come and meet together on, on, on Sundays or your, your holy day with others, but not nothing beyond that, which is obviously a total anathema to, to myself, to, to, to you, to all your listeners, I, I presume as well, where... No, faith is a twenty four seven thing. We, you know, we we're not just Christians when we turn up to church on Sundays. We're, we're Christians through the week as well. Mark, your own internal data shows Christian schools growing even quicker than the research figures go. Uh, this is one of those things that yes, you can trace right back. Uh, through the history of Christian schooling, that there has been tremendous growth here in Australia. Uh, just give us a little outline here. How do you see the growth of Christian schools uh, being even faster than the research figures? Yeah, so certainly uh, the Christian school sector, our, our member data on, on our member schools and, and their growth um, has been uh, well beyond any other, other sector, more than double the average rate of growth and, and uh, almost triple the rate of growth of, of some other sectors. Now, there is a strong demand for the sort of education we're providing. Um, you know, our schools seek to be financially accessible to people, and that's a, it's a significant factor. You know, we are um, affordable uh, in terms of fees and also have uh, very generous uh, fee concessions and hardship concessions for people who might otherwise not be able to, to afford our, our types of schools. We want to make sure that those who are wanting a faith-based education, a values-based education, a Christian education as we provide, have the access to that. And that's been very popular. Um, our problem now uh, is that um, many, if not most, of our schools are, are full. Um, we, we simply can't you know, build any more classrooms, fit any more students on our current school sites. And we're needing to look to find ways to actually grow that. And that's uh, particularly challenging. Um, a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. We're talking about schooling and more specifically Christian schools in Australia. Our special guest is Mark Spencer. Mark is Christian Schools Australia Director of Public Policy. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. We'll take some calls in just a moment. But let me ask you, Mark, what's driving this wonderful growth of Christian schooling? Is it the fact that parents are reacting against this sort of wokeism that seems to be taking over our school system? Uh, what's driving it in your mind? Look, it's a range of factors. Uh, certainly, the uh, we have uh, a number of parents who indicate that they, they want to know what uh, our schools are teaching around gender and sexuality. Um, they have very, some very genuine concerns around some of the agendas that are being pushed in, in government schools. Um, not all government schools, but uh, in, in some government schools. You know? As I said earlier, it's not a choice between a school like us with values, very explicit, very clear about what they are, and they're making those uh, known to parents before they enrol, and a, a values-neutral school. It's a choice between which values you, you want. 
and people are voting with their feet and you know, with their wallets to come and choose schools, Christian schools, where you know we have those traditional Christian values. I mean, there's, there's so much, uh, I think, in, across our culture, and uh, you know, a lot was made when the census figures came out recently about the uh, the reduction in, in the number of people who ticked that box on the census as to, to what their, their beliefs were. But still, nearly half of Australians on census night ticked that they were, were Christians. And we still have this significant number of people who say that that's how I describe myself when it comes to that census process. Um, and that's a, that's a significant number of people. And many of those people are looking to have their children educated in accordance with those beliefs. Okay, we're taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Sheila in Seaford. Hello, Sheila, welcome along. Oh, hello. What are your thoughts, Sheila? Um, well, here, first of all, I mean, I'm a, I was a teacher. I've taught in Catholic schools as well as state schools. My sisters are teachers, my nieces, nephews, my mother was a teacher in a Catholic school. So um, I go back to David. I think it was in the 60s there was a threat against the school's um, funding and things. And so what happened here was all the schools got together um, under the direction, I suppose, of the Archbishop and um, called them all to do this massive big march through the city, through Melbourne. So that was every Catholic school and other church schools all joined together and did this huge march through the city with all the banners and all the cars and the parents' big banners on top of the cars um, representing the schools. It went on for ages, this march. Uh, you're making a good point here, Sheila, and uh, I wonder whether that could happen again. You're suggesting there there's a public show of support uh, that there was back then for Christian schooling. Mark, your thoughts for Sheila? And we've certainly done uh, those sort of activities on a number of occasions. We've had, uh, um, it does seem like a few years ago now, we had the Bicentennial of Christian Schooling. We had a march through the streets of Sydney coming with a uh, a great um, celebration on the, the Opera House forecourt. Um, but maybe it's time for we, us to, to look at doing some of those things again. We've got so much great news to celebrate with Christian schools. Um, uh, it might be time for us to, to go out there and, and to make sure everyone's more aware of, of uh, what we are doing and the great things that's happening. Sheila, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call. Jason is in Melbourne. Hello, Jason. Welcome. Hello. How are you, Neil? And to your guests, I'd like to say that I went to a pub Christian school back in 1990 in Greenville, Victoria. And the brothers of God looked after the boarders and myself extremely well. And I'm now living in a house on the John of God in Milbark. Very Many good. decades later. Yep, and uh, so you're uh, you're a former Christian schooler, and uh, no doubt you had a good experience in your Christian schooling, Jason. I surely did, and all I can say is I cannot speak any more highly for the children of God management as I do today, and they planted the seeds of faith that I have today. Little did they know that I would come to Jesus with my vision Christian radio on Greek glory. 
Little do they know. <laughs> That's it. Jason, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call from Shelby in Brisbane. Hi, Shelby. Hey, yeah. Uh, Neil, um, mate, it's amazing. Um, as you know, I go to uh, two different churches. Uh, three nights of the Sundays um, is at Hillsongs uh, because our church only has a one Sunday night. Um, but the thing is, we are hearing, coming from the... Um, uh, the Redeemer, um, a Saviour Church and uh, school. Um, that people are bringing their children to our um, church, or to, to our school, uh, college, and um, they're, they're told that the children are going to be going into chapel um, on a daily basis, prayers and, and the like, and that they, are, they are asked if that doesn't suit you, um, uh, um, you know, this... Uh, you know, this place isn't for you. Now, because they clearly know that these people are not members of the um, congregation, the community, the parish, um, and not necessarily have a Christian view, but they say, oh, no, 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 we want them here. Um, we want them here. That, that's, we're quite happy with that. And it is amazing to hear this. And, um, and in one or two cases, some of the children have brought their parents to uh, the good Lord. <laughs> Wonderful stuff there, Shelby. Let's get a, a thought or two from Mark because Shelby's making a really important point here. Uh, churches are very, uh, schools are very sensitive around uh, enrolment policies, and oftentimes they'll uh, be quite firm. Uh, if you don't want our values, maybe you're better off not here. But uh, Mark, your thoughts for Shelby and the story he's sharing. Yeah, and that that story is a, is a fantastic story. Um, you know, new people coming into the kingdom of God. How, how good, how good is that? To use the, the former <laughs> yeah. prime minister's phraseology. Um, but you know, that is a story that's repeated across Christian schools across the country. Um, even in the the, uh, the days where many of our schools, you know, required uh, a reference from a, a local pastor or priest that that you were an attendee to to be able to enrol your children in the school. We used to have parents who were attending churches just to get that sort of reference and, and lying about their church involvement to actually get their kids in a Christian school. Now, I mean, the, the whole notion of lying to get your kids in a Christian school, it's, I mean, it's a little bit of odd odd behaviour there, but, but, you know, people were, even then, were desperately wanting the children to have the values um, that we reflect. And there's, you know, there is no... Uh, can be no misunderstanding about who we are and the nature of our schools. Uh, Christians in our name. Uh, We are what's on the box. You know what you're getting. We make it clear in our enrollment policies. And sometimes the the media uh, uses that as an opportunity to to criticise our schools um, for being clear and uh, very explicit about who we are and what we expect. Um, Usually they take parts of an enrollment contract and blow it out of all proportion and out of context. But yeah, we, we want people to, to come to our schools who want what we're offering and who want to be part of that sort of a learning community. Um, you know, it's not simply heads on, you know, brains on a stick that we're educating. We're educating the whole child and working with the family. and It's a very collaborative process uh, across our schools. Shelby, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line open 1-800-316-316. Mark, when you've got uh, families that don't go to church, 
might not even claim to be Christian, but they recognise they need to get their children into a Christian school because the values are different. Something is clearly on display to the community. Any thoughts here around the fact that there are those non-Christian families that are desperate to get their kids into a Christian school? I mean, it's it's a very strong endorsement of the values and beliefs and the education we're offering. Um, you know, as I said, we're, we're not just educating brains on sticks, we are educating the whole child. That's very clear to parents when they are enrolling in our school and it's something that they are flocking to. Uh, parents know that education is more than just a, a very narrow academic curriculum. Uh, it's about that whole person education. They want their, their children to be, to be formed into good young people. Christian character, Christian values are, are important to them. That's what parents are saying to our schools. That's the kind of education uh, we're providing. And bear in mind too, Neil, that you know, it's, if you look at this in, in purely commercial terms, if you look at us as selling a product, we're selling a product into a, into a market where there's a free offering down the road. Yeah. Um, you can get it for free or you can pay and come to us. And, and that's, that's a very clear indication. You know, those people who you know, want teaching, not preaching, to use their their terminology. They don't want us to even exist and people to have that choice. They want to stop parents having choice. They want to force their brand of ideology onto everyone. That's well, how good their, their ideology is. People don't actually want it. It has to be forced on them. <laughs> yes, and I love your, uh, love your illustration there. Kids are not just brains on sticks. And I know that when we talk about the dimensions that people will receive in a Christian school education, I think uh, even you like to say intellectual, physical, social, emotional, moral, spiritual and aesthetic development and well-being of young Australians. That's what's happening in a Christian school context. And before we go any further and some important things to continue to talk about, but let's take a call from a listener, Mark. Uh, Denise is in in Horsham in Victoria. Hi, Denise. Welcome along. Yes, it's Bernice. But, oh, Bernice. Um, I just wanted to uh, tell you um, I'm a member of the Lutheran Church and our um, bishop of the of our church, his name is Paul Smith, and he became a Christian through going to a Christian school in Queensland, Lutheran school, and he wrote, he said, personally, I thank God that I have been formed by so many of our Lutheran school communities. God gathered me into his church through the witness of a Lutheran school community. He said, I thank God for the blessing of, that is, Lutheran schooling and Lutheran early childhood services. So, Bernice, what an absolutely amazing, good testimony to share on a day like this when we're talking about Christian schools. Uh, Mark Spencer, that must ring your bells because uh, exciting things happen in Christian schools. Those who will be running our nation tomorrow are graduating from our schools today. What are your thoughts for Bernice? Absolutely, and you know, we're very conscious as a sort of new generation of Christian schools that we do uh, stand on the, on the proverbial shoulders of giants. Uh, some of the 
the more established denominations, the, the Lutherans have been heavily involved in education for, for centuries, the, the Catholic Church, uh, the Anglican Church. Um, so those larger denominations have had a, a, such an enormous history of providing education. You know, that, that, that old Jesuit saying about, you know, give, me the, give me the boy and I'll show you the man. And we've seen that when you look at our political leaders across the, the decades, across the centuries, and the impact of... Uh, faith-based schooling, Christian schooling are upon those leaders and through them on the shape of our nation. Uh, you know, we, we argue back and forth about whether we're a Christian nation or not, but uh, when you look at our, our heritage and the people who've guided and shaped who we are as a nation, it's undoubtedly so strongly influenced by, by people of faith. Um, the rise of the Constitution all the way through. Wonderful. Bernice, thank you so much for your call. Our talk back line is open on 1-800-316-316. Mark, let me come back to something we started talking about earlier, which is so important to talk about. Uh, the thought that Christian schools are full. They're overflowing. Mm. There is a need for more Christian schools in Australia uh, the need for more resources. I guess when you talk about resources uh, and infrastructure, those sorts of things, you're talking about land allocation or purchase. Uh, you're talking about schools with the infrastructure and the building. Uh, if schools are at capacity, there's a need here. Uh, what can we do or what can we think about what needs to happen so far as getting those things uh, on, on uh, you know, an accelerated uh, rate as well? Yeah, and that's a that's a, a really big you know, sort of public social policy conversation we need to be having as we as we look at what future suburbs look like. Um, it, you know, there's issues around planning and how much future suburbs uh, should be required to ensure there's adequate provision for infrastructure, and not just uh, infrastructure for government schools, but also for non-government schools. Um, you know, making sure that as developers are going in and, and building opening up new suburbs, they, they uh, allocate space for uh, a non-government school, be it a Catholic or Christian or other independent school. Um, unless we have that, that provision at that level in the planning, there'll, there'll simply be no, no site for new schools. And it's very hard for, uh, unfortunately, for our types of schools, which aren't part of a system, can't go in, um, you know, into the early stages of, of development, buy land and land bank it for, for 10 years or so uh, until they, they build a school. Um, so we, we need to have uh, developers to, to get on board with that. We need to have uh, you know, the, the community have that conversation with our, our political leaders around planning requirements. You know, there is a, a clear need identified in the, the, um, the, the data that we looked at for uh, 270 um, new independent schools uh, over uh, the, the next um, next decade. 270 new schools. So that's a lot of schools. And given the demand that, that we're having in our sector, a lot of those people we want them to be be Christian schools. We need to find the land. We need to find the money to then build the school. Um, now, at the risk of to have. at the risk of taking us down a uh, a rabbit warren trail, uh, something a little personal here. Uh, I have an American son-in-law, and a few years ago, uh, as my wife and I were in America, and 
and uh, we were shown around our son-in-law's former school and uh, the American schooling experience works very differently to what we think of in Australia and I'll get your impression you probably know all sorts of good things about this but look I went to a football game which was just a high school football game in the US and we sat in a stadium it wasn't just a few seats on a sports oval it was a stadium the school was so well funded, it wasn't funded by the state. It was funded no. by the families who were interested in the schooling experience of their children. Now, the facilities in the school that we toured uh, was just incredible. And this is the story across so many communities in the United States. They have a different way of thinking about schooling in America, different to the way we think about it here in Australia. Is there room, Mark, and uh, just uh, throwing this out there, is there room for families in Australia to donate land, uh, to donate facilities, to build sports stadiums, to give the sorts of... Uh, uh, infrastructure that schools need to turn out the best students uh, into the future. What are your thoughts here, Mark? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a very different uh, cultural environment over the US. Uh, they've got a much, uh, I think, stronger uh, overt philanthropy um, is, is much more part of their culture than is, is here in Australia. And you do have those, those wonderful Christian schools that uh, you've seen experience. There are also many struggling Christian schools over there who, who have you know, lacks really basic resources, who, who may not have that that donor base that that uh, our schools have. So uh, our system does provide a much more level playing field for that in terms of ongoing recurrent funding. But when it comes to capital funding, you know, we would love, and um, you know, there's many schools uh, have uh, tax deductible building funds that the people can donate to to help them grow and develop um, and you know, there's lots of opportunities for people who, to to work with Christian schools um, to see how we can uh, leverage that into new opportunities for new schools and, and new growth. Um, when we talk about mission fields or sowing into missions, you know, the mission fields here in Australia as well, we've already heard a couple of people who've called in with testimonies from uh, people they know, family members of you know, the impact of Christian schools on future generations. And as things are changing, as there is this hard secularism that is trying to push Christianity out of the state school system and the need to defend what's there in Christian schools, I know that some listeners will take on board uh, that bit of terminology you're using there, Mark, overt philanthropy. Uh, for capital funding, uh, building funds, uh, because Christian schools are going to look to uh, perhaps a, a bigger injection of that opportunity to make sure that Christian schooling flourishes into the future. Hey, we're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Michael in Maruya in New South Wales. Hi, Michael. Welcome. Oh, good day, Neil. Good day, Mark. Good to hear from um, you, Michael. What are yeah. your thoughts? Well, I'd just like to say how blessed I feel that uh, I was uh, uh, sent to a Christian school when I was growing up. That's back in the, mainly in the 1950s. And um, how I was taught by the uh, Good Samaritan Sisters, who, where I got a good grounding in my faith, besides the church and my parents, of course. And... Um, 
I'm I'm just so grateful to God for the I was sent to that school, and um, yeah, and oh well, the uh, the nuns don't teach anymore now, but um, yeah. Michael, sometimes people have bad stories to tell about their uh, Catholic schooling experience of the past. Yours was obviously a fantastic experience. Yeah. Yeah, they they were strict, the nuns, but uh, they they were very good, very, uh, you know, very Christian. And and the foundation uh, for your faith, obviously, has carried you through all these years. Yeah. Yeah, I have a close relationship with Jesus now, and I go to church a few days a week normally. And um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm just I'm so grateful to God and feel blessed. Michael, what a fabulous testimony! Uh, so many Christians and people, no doubt, some listening to our conversation today, struggling to get to church one day a week on a Sunday, and you're going a few days a week. Hey, Mark, what are your thoughts for Michael? Yeah, and it's it's great to hear that uh, that kind of railing stories about the impact of uh, you know uh, of Christian education, Catholic education on on people and, and the whole of their lives. Unfortunately, I mean, we have to acknowledge that there were you know, there were, there was child abuse through through Christian schools, you know, particularly in, in the, the you know, middle half of last century, as there was in many other institutions. But you know, the church was heavily involved in providing education, and it, it was so heavily involved that probably the majority of situations actually occurred in those contexts because we were doing most of the work, and that's you know, absolutely inexcusable. But there's also all these great stories that, that unfortunately don't get that same level of attention. Now, obviously, the good stories don't don't make up for the the abuse, but. Um, you know, there are so many, so many good stories and so many people who have had a wonderful uh, Christian education. Um, yeah, we, we did data some recent, a couple of years ago around graduates from Christian schools. You know, the, the graduates from Christian schools feel like they, they have been equipped by their school to find a sense of meaning, purpose and direction in life. I mean, in, in a society nowadays where there's so many young people coming out and, and saying they have no hope, and they're so worried about the future, to have that sense of meaning, direction, and purpose in life. It's such a valuable thing we can we can provide our, our, our young people. Michael in Maruya, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Pat in Western Australia. Hi, Pat. Good morning, gentlemen. My question, Mark, is, are there enough Christian teachers to staff Christian schools? Wow, great question. Uh, Mark? It is a great question, and we can always do with some more. Uh, and there's some great work being done by uh, a, a number of Christian tertiary uh, education providers. Um, those in WA, the, the, uh, the Theological College, and also does education degrees over there, uh, Christian Heritage College in Queensland, Alpha Crucis College, the um, uh, Morling College, uh, Eastern in, in Victoria um, and uh, um, Avondale College, uh, Avondale University. There's some great uh, Christian tertiary bodies doing some really innovative things to actually uh, train teachers in schools, um, making sure they're coming out far more equipped with practical experience of what it is to teach. Um, so, yeah, we, we are still working to get, uh, making sure we've got enough Christian teachers 
uh, and uh, schools spend a lot of time in providing ongoing professional development and education to ensure that their staff can actually teach from uh, a, a biblical perspective. Uh, from something I picked up in a conversation some weeks ago, there is actually a time that is looming and is upon us where there'll be a lack of school teachers in general. And uh, as you say, uh, where all of those different Christian education training institutions are working and they're, they're, they're turning out fabulous Christian teachers, there is a need for Christian teachers into mm. the future. So exciting times ahead. And if Christian schools are bursting at the seams right now, yes, there's going to be opportunity for Christian teachers. And for those who are uh, contemplating a teaching career, a thought or two here from you, Mark, because uh, pursuing a Christian tertiary education institution may actually have tremendous advantages as uh, Christian schooling continues to grow. Yes, certainly. We, uh, you know, we, uh, our schools and, and, in fact, many other schools, also uh, compete very uh, very hard to get graduates from those those Christian uh, tertiary bodies um, coming out with that uh, well-formed biblical worldview around their vocation um, rather than having staff who went to a, a secular university uh, which are increasingly becoming hard secular universities um, and then having to, to, in many cases, challenge their worldview, challenge their thinking about um, some of their subject areas and even about how they go about education. Um, some of the, the assumptions that they're, they're taught around pedagogy and, and child development, child behaviour, that uh, you know, sometimes we need to, to retrain and, and challenge those assumptions. So certainly if you're thinking about... Um, uh, going into uh, teaching as a vocation and it is a wonderful vocation. My wife's a teacher, um, committed her life to that and uh, you know, she's just incredibly blessed by the, the, the fruits of that labour. Um, uh, going through, through one of those uh, Christian tertiary bodies would certainly be a great pathway. Hey, not too much longer for our conversation today, Mark. I don't want to, I mean, I feel like we're getting carried away in so many good things that are happening so far as Christian schooling in Australia. Don't want to avoid uh, talking about some of the threats. I mean, we talk about hard secularism, the threats that are coming, trying to push God out of our education system. Uh, some of the challenges, I know we were recently having a conversation about the, uh, you know, the, uh, the religious discrimination bill and uh, asking where to from here. There are all sorts of challenges, aren't there, ahead around discrimination law and staffing policies in schools and uh, those sorts of things. Uh, what's your reflection on some of those difficulties that will be ahead that we'll need to pay attention to? Yeah, there are certainly some, some ongoing challenges, um, both at the federal level and uh, around the country in the states and territories. Um, closer to you there in Queensland, the, the Human Rights Commission's just completed uh, a review of the Discrimination Act uh, up there. Uh, that's currently with the Attorney General and waiting to be tabled in Parliament. Uh, Northern Territories uh, in that process, the ACT, WA, our Law Reform Review, we've just had changes to the law in Victoria. Uh, there are proposals around uh, so-called conversion practices bans, which really are bans on quality care and free speech, the way they've been implemented in, in Victoria. Um, you know, there are enormous challenges of people trying to pursue a particular agenda um, around forcing their ideology, particularly around the areas of gender and sexuality, uh, across the country. 
Um, that means people are coming to our schools to to escape that and to provide a, a more balanced education. Uh, we need those people to also put up their hands, contact MPs and, and express their concerns around those agendas so we can continue to provide that values-based education. Mark, let me ask you something a little bit, it sounds a bit strange, but uh, given that a lot of this hard secular is riding on the back of the LGBTQI agenda, a lot of that uh, challenge comes around staffing policies and the thoughts that uh, Christian schools uh, are a threat to people who have a different sexuality. But from what I understand, uh, there are a lot of same-sex couples uh, who are wanting to enrol their children in Christian schools. And we might be thinking, is there some sort of nefarious motive in all of that? But uh, what are your thoughts around the fact that there are all sorts of people who are wanting to put their children into Christian schools? Yeah, look, uh, I think we, we need to be careful to make a, a little bit of a distinction between activists who, who play in that space, who use... Um, ideologies for their own uh, political purposes and often unfortunately um, manipulate students and, and young people to for political reasons and the activists who who uh, promote those agendas publicly and, and have a very much a hard secularist approach to these issues and uh, everyday members of the public uh, mums and dads um, people in same-sex uh, relationships or people who may have voted for same-sex marriage but still want that values-based education. Um, you know, there is uh, lots of uh, anecdotal evidence, I understand, around people who voted for same-sex marriage um, and want people to be allowed to do their own, you know, make their own choices around that, but still support a, an orthodox Christian view of marriage as being the best thing for society and the best thing for people and the best thing for their children. So uh, I think we need to be careful we don't uh, tar whole communities with a, with a brush of, of some activist spokespeople and so-called leaders that in many cases don't reflect the people they claim to be leading. Well, very wise insight around the thought that perhaps there are going to be Christians in Christian schooling who will need to be defensive against woke activism, but at the same time you've got a balance of how you care for and how you create opportunities for the children who are coming from uh, some of those same-sex families who are not activist-based, and how there is a level of embrace there. Mark, it's been a great conversation today. I've uh, just uh, enjoyed every moment that we've been able to tackle some of these sorts of issues. I know that there'll be listeners who are saying, uh, "What uh, Christian Schools Australia? What does uh, what does your organisation of those Christian schools bring to the table?" Uh, is there a Christian Schools Australia school near me? How can I enrol in a Christian school? What sort of information can people get when they go to the csa.edu.au website? Yeah, so you can find out uh, at our website whether there's one of our member schools uh, around near you. Um, there's a, a little find a, find a school search button there that you can you can do that. Um, and there's information around the Christian schools, what we're about, who we are, how we we approach education, um, and then information around individual schools. So you can go through that site to find information about schools you might be interested in. Um, so there's a little bit of a resource there. And then if we don't have a, a member school close to you, there's, there's another organisation, the Australian Association of Christian Schools, um, very similar schools but a different heritage, uh, www.aacs.net.au, and uh, they may also have a school near you as well. 
And of course, then there's the Catholic system as well, which provides mm. a pretty solid, firm foundation. And, uh, you know, Protestant versus Catholic, yes, there'll be a few strange things in there. But by and large, even as we've heard from those callers today, uh, those strong foundations of spiritual and biblical values uh, that can shape a life uh, in all of the Christian schooling in Australia, whether that be Australian uh, uh, Christian Schools Australia or, as you say, the Australian Association of Christian Schools, uh, the Catholic system, uh, all of that all in the one uh, battle in one sense together uh, to maintain that opportunity to be able to present Christ uh, to those students through their education. Mark Spencer is Christian Schools Australia Director of Public Policy, csa.edu.au. Mark, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Many thanks, Neil. Pleasure as always. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.